everybody, it is Thursday, 23rd of September, and our market roofing it today. Futures this morning were up a rote on the pre-market section, up a rather skinny 14 because that just looked wrong, and it has been wrong. The market is up 78 points, it's been up 86 points at one point, and all sorts of drivers. The main one, of course, is the China Evergrande Group. The share price in Frankfurt was up 20% last night. In the over-the-counter market, it was up 33% ahead of it opening in Hong Kong, and it's been up 30% today. Day. It's up 22, as I write, 22.47%, not as I write, as I speak. And that, of course, comes on the back of what we heard yesterday. Although the Hong Kong market was shut yesterday, so China Overground wasn't trading. But it comes on the back of what we heard yesterday, which was the news that they will repay some lenders today, have avoided any imminent contagion. It may still develop, of course, in which case today's rally might be a bit of a bull trap. Same as a bear trap, but the other way around. But also helping sentiment is the news that the People's Bank of China has injected a bigger than expected 150 billion yuan in the financial system. They injected 100 billion last Friday and Saturday. So they are clearly aware, responding, but not doing anything specific about China Evergrande. Interestingly, the China Evergrande share price up 20% despite the news that their second largest shareholder called Chinese Estates Holdings has sold $32 million worth of stock, which is 0.82% of their holding. They hold 6.5%. So they're down to 5.66% of China Evergrande, which they say they have mandated for sale. In other words, they've spoke to a broker and told them to try and place it or place it through block trades. They're going to take a one2 2 billion US dollar loss on that holding. Talk about selling at the bottom just to the share price. Looks like it could recover. They're flogging it. And not only do they appear to be selling it at the bottom, because it might not be the bottom, this could all blow up again. But what appears to be selling at the bottom, because it is currently the bottom, They've gone and done the one thing you don't do if you've got a big stake to sell. They've gone and told the whole market about it. They put an announcement out saying they're going to sell. I mean, how stupid is that? Maybe there's something I'm missing that I don't understand. But anyway, there you go. That, by the way, shouldn't change your view about whether this bounce is believable or not, because a shareholder selling is a shareholder's decision, if it, unless it impacts on whether China Evergrande's going to default and collapse and cause a systemic problem. It really doesn't matter, but it's not exactly an endorsement, is it, that their second largest shareholder thinks it's going to get worse. But you've got to ask, how smart is their second largest shareholder if they haven't sold any stock up till now? Asleep at the wheel. Not sure we care about what they think about it now. Anyway, that's probably enough about Evergrande. But on the back of that, everything's bouncing. And in particular, the iron ore price was up 14.4%. And whilst BHP and Rio and Fortescue all had a good day yesterday, it's a bit muted today. BHP's up 0.1%, Rio up 0.8%, Fortescue up 2.2%. So okay, but not fabulous. But everything else is up. The banks are up over a percent. Macquarie, our favourite stock, up 2.2%. And tech stock's doing well today. Afterpay's up 4.5%, reflecting the Square Inc. share price. 
was up 3.88% last night in the US. And one feature today is the leisure tourism sector. As you've doubtless seen, the federal tourism minister has said that international borders will open by Christmas and the US opened their borders to China, most of Europe, was it yesterday or the day before? So these travel stocks are beginning to get going again. Although you're looking at 3-5% gains in those stocks, they are still 20-30% below their pre-pandemic highs. So plenty of recovery left in them. And you do have to ask, what is Qantas going to be telling you in five years time or even a year's time? I'm guessing they're going to sit back and chink glasses of champagne in their boardroom that the pandemic killed off their competition, allowed them to up their prices and they roll on. So I think if I was a travel analyst at some broker, I'd be wondering today as these travel restrictions come off or appear as though they are going to come off as Australia finally wakes up to the fact it's not about cases, it's about vaccines and we have to live with it, not to COVID zero whether that means that this sector is going to now recover faster than the market start to outperform. Looks like it today. We'll see what happens tomorrow, of course. But it is an obvious trade at the moment. And as I say, I think if I was an analyst, I would be wondering whether I should be dumping on the broker's desks and their clients on Monday a big tome on travel stocks saying this is the moment to get stuck in. Other quick news, speaking of news, News Corp, which again is not a very well-held stock here because most of it's it's, it's a US company effectively now and it's waiting in our indices is pretty small so most institutions don't pay it any interest it's up 8% today doubling their share buyback program Premier Investments is up 3.3% on results that stock has been one of the pandemic beneficiaries it's up 261% from the pandemic bottom and up 36% from the pre-pandemic top seems to be tiring a little bit at the moment we'll see what the research says tomorrow no rush BAPCOR is up 5.2% 6% today on the back of a broker upgrade. City have upped their target price a little bit and upgraded their recommendation from neutral to buy. And that follows a 16.8% drop in the share price since June. This is, of course, a sector that's done very well during the pandemic. And as we come out of it, you might expect pandemic beneficiaries to cool off. Anyway, City reckons you can go again. It works up 2% on results. Washington sold Patterson up 4.7% on results that of course we wrote about a week or so ago is a company that has stakes in a number of other companies including Brickworks, New Hope Coal, Round Oak Minerals and TPG and a lot of people don't bother buying Washington H. Sol Pattinson because they're effectively a fund manager and fund managers don't like buying other fund managers and fund managers feel they can buy the individual stocks so it doesn't get a lot of interest it's done rather well though that share price from the pandemic low it got or it was at one point up 130 percent recently come slightly off the top right that aside we haven't mentioned yet the FOMC meeting I wrote it all up at the bottom of the Marcus today section today didn't really say anything market hardly blinked the main takeaways were no changes to the Fed funds rate obviously or the current pace of asset purchases tapering may soon be warranted if progress continues as expected in other words 
words, tapering is data dependent, which we sort of knew. But they did say, so long as recovery remains on track, a gradual tapering process that concludes around the middle of next year is likely to be appropriate. And they disassociated the interest rate decision from the tapering decision, saying the interest rate liftoff is operating on a different and substantially more stringent test. And half of FOMC participants forecast the conditions for an interest rate liftoff will be fulfilled by the end of next year and then be followed by a gradual pace of pussy firming. No real change there. As I say, market didn't miss a beat. Bond yields actually, although the meeting looked hawkish, bond yields actually fell, which suggests it was dovish. In other words, interest rates less likely. Now, I had a couple of little ideas today. I mentioned yesterday medical developments as a possible buy. were damaged by the pandemic, but it looks like the worst may well be behind them. Fundamentals are average, but a buy signal on the chart. This stock was absolutely flying pre-pandemic and the pandemic killed it. If they got back to their pre-pandemic high, they'd have to go up 150% from here. They put out their annual report, fairly upbeat, anticipating strong sales growth next year. Might be enough to turn the corner. Certainly a recovery situation. When you look at the earnings trend, just collapse in the pandemic and at some point it's going to come out of that and the share price has just been going relentlessly down until the last few days. Another little idea today was I tried to persuade Chris to put a trade in AGL in the trading ideas section today. He refused like every or any sensible investor. There are many weak brained traders including myself that have had a crack at AGL on the way down and failed miserably but as I talked about yesterday they had a huge increase in short position running into the AGM yesterday today, but the AGM was okay. And over the last couple of days, the share price has bottomed at $5.22, $5.22, now $6.02. Don't worry about the fact it's already bounced a lot. If it came back, it's got a long way to go. Four years ago, this was a $27 stock, now a $6 stock. Not that it's going to get back there. But the interesting part about it today is having sort of spruiked it a little bit yesterday, Ordmanet seemed to agree with me. Ordmanet's actually JP Morgan, most of their research and they've upgraded from buy, uh, sorry, from hold buy with a target price 26 above 26% above the current share price over $7.755. So when you look at all the brokers, they've all got target prices well above the current share price. It's always the case with stocks that have fallen a heck of a lot. Brokers are behind the eight ball, behind the curve. Consequently, all their target prices are above $7 for a stock that's just ticked over $6. So brokers think there's value there and that's what Ordmanet or rather JP Morgan are telling us today. I think thought there would be some buy signals on the chart today, but there aren't. It was so oversold on RSI. Despite the recent rally, it still hasn't ticked through the 30 level, which it would have to do to trigger a buy signal. So AGL, I've said today, it's like trying to pick the holy grail. Touch this one at your own risk. Choose wisely. Not for everybody, this stock. Another little thing today, Kathy Wood of ARK Invest. You may have come across her. She became a little bit over famous in Australia for picking Tesla is her stock pick in the Son Hearts and Minds Investment Leaders Conference Sydney in November 2019. And Tesla, there's a chart in the Marcus Today section, but Tesla went from, it looks like, around $50 up to $750 in the next two years. Less than two years. And that's her biggest 
East Holding. So she attracted a heck of a lot of attention with that pick. I think that was the first Hearts and Minds conference and was so successful that they started a listed investment company with the stock picks in it. That's code is HM1. Probably seen Henry write about that quite a few times. Her timing was that impeccable that she's built a big reputation and attracted billions into her ETFs. And she is now one of the most trolled fund managers in the world, can you believe? And she's in the news wires overnight saying she doesn't believe the US stock market is overvalued and she continues to talk up Tesla. She says the share price will be $3,000 by 2025. It's currently $751. I remember at almost the same time going to a Livewire conference and must have been about eight people were asked to pick a stock and one of them who will remain nameless chose shorting Tesla as his biggest pick and I got quite taken with that and I wrote it up and I thought it had all sorts of logic. What would I know? The share price, of course. Took off. Anyway, the S&P 500, she may say, we are not in a bubble. That I know, that's her quote. But the S&P 500 is up 100%, 100% from the pandemic low, trading on 21 times, long-term average is 16 and a half. That's the highest PE since the tech boom. By the way, the headline ARK ETF, which is the ARK Innovation ETF, last year was one of the top performing ETF funds in the charts. And this year it is the bottom in the bottom percentile despite Tesla being up 77% in the last 12 months. Funds down 5% so far this year. The S&P 500 up 17%. You can't have excitement without volatility, clearly. Anyway, that's about that. Plenty more in the Marcus Today section today. I hope you're enjoying that new format. We certainly are. We're suddenly dealing with three or four sections in the newsletter rather than six or seven. It is your one-stop shop. Have a read of the trading ideas section today. Chris has got a new trade in there. Henry is talking about Archer Materials, AXE, in his section, and the Regal Update, RF1, and he's talking about Zip going into India as well. And you'll see a link. He was on Ausbiz yesterday doing The Call with Andrew Whelan, who is a great bloke, who is also a bit of an ETF expert. Those two are like Punch and Judy when they're on the telly together. Anyway, you can get a link in the Henry's Take section today. Right, that's about it. As I leave you, our market up 72 has been up 86, so holding in there pretty well. The Dow futures are up a lazy 91 points. Not too much of a lead there. Could go either way by the time it opens. And Hong Kong Evergrande only up 17% as I speak, was up over 30%. So not out of the woods probably on that. Right, you have a fabulous day and I will speak to you soon.